Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I don't do New Year's resolutions anymore because I've never been able to keep them, and most people can't either. They're sort of like the law in the Old Testament. We can't do it by ourselves. They point us to the need of someone, a Savior, to help us do it. But I do have something else for us to do, at least for me to do, and for you to consider instead of New Year's resolutions. So we'll talk about that for a little bit today. You know that really good feeling that you have when you reconcile your checkbook with the bank statement and you get it exactly right? Well, before online banking, I could never do that. So I gave up trying. At the end of the year, back then, for several years in a row, what I would do is on January 1st, I would change banks. I'd go to another bank, get a new account, and start all over. That's the only way I ever knew exactly where I was on December 31st when the bank account that I no longer used. <laughs> it's not a good way to go, is it? Well, now, of course, with online banking, the Internet, I can check my balance any minute of the day. And I can have confidence that I know it's correct. Now, there may be some checks that were just written that are not on there. But today, I can be pretty confident. I do have a different challenge today, though. I use a program called Quicken, and there are a lot of good ones out there, but I use Quicken to categorize my income and expenses for budget purposes and for my income taxes. So even though I know exactly what's in my account at any given time, when I take my bank statement at the end of every 30 days and then put it into Quicken and categorize everything by accounts and then go to reconcile everything, sometimes it's off. Sometimes what I have in my Quicken program doesn't agree with what my online bank statement shows. Things don't add up. You know why, of course, don't you? Because I entered something incorrectly or I missed something. I'm 72 years old, and I've never in my life had the bank make a mistake. I'm sure they do make mistakes sometimes, but never in this area for me. Well, what happens is I go through this time, I, I enter it all and everything, and I go to reconcile the account. It's not right. And then I get stressed. I mean, if it's off by $1,000 or $100 or something, it's real easy to check. You know, if it's off by $432.96, I get a little challenge. I get anxious and stressed and I tense up. So I meticulously go back over everything to see what I missed or what I didn't get right. I've learned, I sometimes don't remember right away, but I've learned that when I get to that point, when I stop, take a deep breath and ask Christ in me to show me where the problem is, he will. Then I see what it is. I make the changes. I reconcile the account, and then I feel relieved. 
I got that good feeling, that sense of release. I can relax, and it just feels so good. You know, I want to play Chuck Mangione. It's a really good feeling knowing that things are reconciled. The word reconcile basically means to compare different financial accounts, amounts, statements, and things in order to check that they add up to the same total. The word reconcile is a derivative of the word reckon, R-E-C-K-O-N. Reckon is an accounting term, meaning that something's been run through whatever programs or tools that you have to use and then verified as true. Well, we actually have a spiritual calibration tool that shows us what our true reckoned amount account with God is. The original Greek word, logizomaya, L-O-G-I-S-O-M-A-I, was translated into the New Testament in various different ways. In all the different translations that I could find, here are some different ways it's been translated in different places. To reckon, to count, to compute, to calculate, to count over, to take into account, to make an account of. A thing is reckoned as or to be something, to number among, to reckon with, to reckon inward, to count up or weigh the reasons, to deliberate by reckoning up all the reasons, to gather or infer, to consider, to take into account, to weigh, to meditate on, to suppose, to deem, to judge, to determine, to purpose, to decide, to determine to be true, to be settled about, and probably more. Well, I want to help us all see the importance of the word, that Greek word, in context with a traditional text that's used for giving thanks. Now, of course, we do that at Thanksgiving. We do that at Christmas. I like to do it. I like to do it every day, but especially at the end of the year, New Year's Eve, to just look back and think about all the wonderful things as God has provided, how he's helped me through the challenges and the sorrows and the different situations that I've had, things like that. Giving thanks to God. So I'm going to go through a traditional text used in giving thanks here in just a little bit. And at the end of it, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to tell you up front what the questions are. Here they are. What do you reckon is true? What do you reckon is authentic and real? What do you reckon is noble? What do you reckon is just? What do you reckon is pure? What do you reckon is lovely? What do you reckon is of good report? What do you reckon is praiseworthy? What do you reckon is beautiful? What do you reckon is holy? What do you reckon is merciful? What do you reckon is kind? What do you reckon is admirable? What do you reckon is honorable? What do you reckon is excellent? What do you reckon is worthy of respect? What do you reckon is right? What do you reckon is wholesome? What do you reckon brings peace? What do you reckon is confirmed by the living word of Christ. Now, I realize that some of you in hearing this phrase, what do you reckon, sounds like hillbilly language, which it is. Where I grew up down on the edge of the Ozarks in Missouri, it was a very common phrase that we all used all the time. Well, I reckon so, or what do you reckon? My wife, who grew up in the suburbs in St. Louis, sees that as a hillbilly term, for lack of a better term. But it's actually a New Testament Greek word that was used a lot in the King James translation and is still used some in New King James and other translations. So we're going to see how it comes in before in a passage that I never saw it in before until I did some studying a few weeks ago. Here's the passage 
it's on Thanksgiving. It's on not worrying. It's on rejoicing. It's not being anxious. Many of you can guess in advance. That's from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 8, which the Apostle Paul wrote when he was in prison to the church in Philippi. And his prison experience was not a delightful one, I can tell you that. Now, I've taken five or six different translations, and I've used the wording from those five. I put them all together to show you a different flavor of how this sounds in different places. Philippians 4, verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Take pleasure in Him. Be cheerful with your joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the Anointed One. I, the Apostle Paul, say all this again. He repeats it. It's okay for teachers and preachers to repeat things. We're in good company. Verse 5, he says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Then verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. We know that it's easy to say, (laughs) don't be anxious or don't worry about that or whatever. Well, how do you actually do that? Well, the Apostle Paul goes on and tells us. He said, instead of being anxious, in everything, by prayer, in every circumstance and situation, be saturated in prayer throughout the day with supplication, that's presenting your request to God, offer your faith-filled requests before God with thanksgiving, with overflowing gratitude. So the first way of not being anxious about anything or worried about anything is to pray continually, just have one ear open to God all the time, giving thanks for everything you have from God, which is everything with overflowing gratitude. And as you do that, then let your requests be made known to God or continue to make your specific requests known to God. Another translation says, tell him every detail of your life. And then the result is the peace of God, God's wonderful peace, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends and surpasses all understanding, God's wonderful peace will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ and will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise from the Apostle Paul, who knew Christ Jesus arguably better than anybody. And to experience that promise, then Paul goes on to show us how to implement what he's just told us. Here, in my opinion, is the key to it all and the important thing that we're going to talk about. Finally, brethren, he says, meditate. And the word meditate there is actually the Greek word logosomai, which means to reckon to determine to be true, to be settled about, to see the bottom line as correct. Reckon on these things. Think continually on these things. Center your mind on them. Implant them in your heart. Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work to God. He's saying, reckon these things, and the things are coming up. Come to the conclusion, reckon them to be reconciled, reckon them to be correct about God, about you, and about 
everyone, reckon them, conclude that they are right, and then meditate on them. Think about them. And here are the things. Reckon whatever things are true, whatever things are authentic and real, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue and there's anything praiseworthy, anything beautiful, holy, merciful, and kind, admirable, honorable, excellent, worthy of respect, right and wholesome, anything that brings peace, and I love how the Passion Translation concludes that, confirmed by the living word of Christ. We reckon all of these things we go through the process of determining that they're true as confirmed by the living word of Christ. That's the calculator or the computer program or the process that we have to reckon something with, to reconcile an account, to determine if it's true. It's confirmed by the living word of Christ. See, to get what the heavenly account, the heavenly bank, says is in your account, to reconcile with what these words mean, you run them through God's accounting process and have them confirmed by the living word of Christ. Here's how the mirror says it. Verse 8. Now, let this be your conclusive reason or reckoning. Consider that which is true about everyone as evidenced in Christ live overwhelmed by God's opinion of you. Acquaint yourself with the revelation of righteousness. Realize God's likeness is in you. Make it your business to declare mankind's redeemed innocence. Think friendship. Discover how famous everyone is in the light of the gospel. Mankind is in God's limelight. Ponder how elevated you are in Christ. Study stories that celebrate life. Isn't that good? Then he says in verse 9, These things are consistent with all that I, the Apostle Paul, teach and live. You can confidently practice what you hear and see in me. The peace that inevitably follows this lifestyle is more than a fuzzy feeling. This is God himself endorsing or reckoning our oneness. What a wonderful passage, and how much more rich it is when we compare different translations, see the different ways that people translate it, and then when we look at what some of the original words actually mean. See, I, I memorized this, and I taught on it, and I used it for a long time. The version that says, finally, brothers and sisters, think about these things. Well, you know, I would think about these things, and I would think, okay, well, what do I think about what's admirable or, or praiseworthy or whatever? I, I, what does it mean to think about these things? You know what? <laughs> it means reconcile. It means come to the conclusion of what is true. All right, here are the questions that I mentioned before, and I really encourage you to spend some time with this. Write these down if you need to. Pause the device that you're listening to on it. Write them down and reckon them for yourselves to be true about you, about God, and about everyone else. And remember, the way you reckon them 
is to let the living word of Christ show you, confirm to you God's true reckoning. So you take any one of these things that we're going to talk about, or anything else for that matter, you take these things to Christ in you, the Holy Spirit of Christ in you, and you say, Lord, show me what does this mean, and confirm that to me, that that's true about you, about me, and about everyone else. So here's the list I said before. What do you reckon is true? What does the living word of Christ in you confirm as true? You will hear that I love you. That's true. You will hear that I'm in you, and I did that. That's true. You'll hear that I am love. That's true. You'll hear that I love everyone, and I'm in everyone. That's true. You can reckon that's true, first of all, because Scripture says it, and second of all, because the living Word of Christ in you will confirm it, will reckon it's true. Right? What do you reckon is authentic and real? Just ask God, and you can ask him specifically. God, is it real and authentic that you're in me, that I have a relationship with you, that I love you, that you've included everybody? God, Jesus, what do you reckon is noble? What do you reckon is just? God, what's your definition of just, of justice? You'll find, especially as you study and learn how to process some things and know what to ask him, you'll know he will confirm to you that God's definition of justice is making all things right for everyone. That's being confirmed by the living word of God in you. God, what do you reckon is lovely? He'll show you at any different time. Paul, he'll call you by your name. Paul, see that person over there that looks differently than you do? that dresses differently than you do, that's adorned differently than you do, that apparently has different lifestyle choices than you do, the living word of God in you will confirm that person is lovely. I see that person as lovely. They're my son, my daughter. They're your brother or sister. You're one with them. God, what do you reckon is of good report? What do you reckon is praiseworthy? God, what do you reckon is beautiful? My wife and I just saw the new movie about uh, Mr. Rogers. Boy, it just seemed like, assuming that the movie is a correct portrayal, Tom Hanks did a wonderful job in it. He sees everybody as beautiful and lovely and of good report, and he helps them see that for themselves. God, what do you reckon is holy? He will show you his definition of holy is right relationships with everyone. God, what do you reckon is merciful? What do you reckon is kind? You may say, let me show you what's kind. I'd like for you to call such and such person that you haven't thought of for a while. Just call and tell them you were thinking about them and ask them how they're doing. It will make their day, and you'll find out some reason, some way that's really helping them. I found that out just a few days ago. I went to a post office extension in a grocery store here in Lawrence where I live to uh, mail some books off, probably to somebody who's watching this today, listening to this today. And the lady who works there, she's usually there when I'm there. And she always smiles and says, hello. And then after I give her the credit card, she says, thank you, Mr. Gray. And I just assume she's looked at my credit card. And there are always people waiting on behind me to, you know, and so I say thank you. And then I go on and leave. Well, this particular time, a couple of days ago, I 
was there, and there were some people ahead of me, but there was no one behind me. So when I finished, she said, I want to thank you for the book and the CD that you gave me. She said, a few years ago, you came to our house and gave my mother, who was dying, you gave my mother and me a CD and the book you'd written. It was the first book I wrote called The Fishnet Experience. It was about musical experiences and the correlation spiritually. And I vaguely remember going to that house. I remember somebody calling the church office and saying, my mom's dying. She can't get out of the house. She loved to go listen to your band. We don't have a church. We'd like to know a little bit more about God. Would you come over to our house? Well, I did. And since they said that she had listened to my band, I took a CD that we'd made years ago in this book about my musical experiences and gave it to them. And I I didn't think anything more about it. God will show you. (laughs) Those are, I mean, he'll call you. He'll say, he may say today or tomorrow or next week or whenever, call so-and-so or drop by and see somebody or whatever. He will move you to do something like that. And you'll have, you may never find out what God did to touch somebody. Or you may as happened to me a couple of days ago, get the wonderful experience of having somebody relate that to you when you've even forgot that you did it. Lord, what do you reckon is worthy of respect? What do you reckon is right? What do you reckon is wholesome? You know, sometimes when you ask him what is right, he will never condemn you, never shame you, but very lovingly say, well, let me tell you what you've believed about me before. (laughs) It's not right at all. I'm not like that at all. And that's kind of fun to go through once you start doing it and uh, can give up your right to be right. God, what do you reckon is wholesome? God, what do you reckon brings peace? And then you'll be able to say with great confidence, I reckon these things to be true because they've been confirmed by the living word of Christ in me. And that will guard your heart and guard your mind with the peace of God that passes all understanding. That's what I wish for you in 2020, and I know God wishes it for all of us too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll see you. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.